Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I am your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I am Russ Goldman, the host of Cottage Talk. You can actually follow me on Twitter, Russ underscore Goldman, or at the show Cottage Talk on Twitter, and you can actually listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com at blogtalkradio.com slash cottage talk. Hi, I'm James Vickers. You can find me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers, and I write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is Tom Clark at the backpost.wordpress.com. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start making rounds where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. We'll start with you, Russ. A very entertaining draw at Wolverhampton. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling about it because you went behind late and then got a late equaliser despite leading for most of the game. What are your thoughts on the match and how are you feeling about Fulham at the moment? It's uh, very strange because going into the match, uh, Fulham came off of a massive 5-0 victory against Reading. So we were flying high. And you want to see if that point, if you can kick on. And going to uh, Molyneux is always a difficult proposition for any team. Uh, So going into it, I still was optimistic that Fulham could get all three points. Going up three to one, you're feeling pretty good going in at the half. And then, uh, but you know that if you cannot get that fourth goal, you could be in trouble if they get a goal back. And that's exactly what happened. Fulham had uh, a few opportunities to get the fourth goal. They don't get the fourth goal. Wolves get the second, then they get the third, and then they get a fourth in the 89th minute. Uh, The good part out of all of this is the resiliency of Fulham to go down a goal, score three, and then give up three more, and then you are down 4-3. And in stoppage time, to get the fourth in the third minute of stoppage time shows me something. So after all of this, after all of the craziness, I come out of the match feeling feeling that there are positives to take out of it, but it's definitely two points dropped. So I'm, I have mixed feelings coming out of it. I, I do see positives, but I also see some negatives as well. Yeah, one question I've got for you is uh, I've always thought Fulham have got quite a good defense. It's quite a reliable defense. You don't concede that many goals too often. So it did surprise me somewhat that you conceded four this weekend. Why do you think that was? It's a great question. We were just talking about it on Cottage Talk. Uh, it's funny because... Uh, our goalkeeper, David Button, has at times been stellar. But then at other times, he's he's looked a little nervous. And when when he's a little bit nervous, it, it almost feels like the defense in general gets nervous. And uh, the first goal that he gave up, I think it was preventable. And and then and then after that point, you have some some nervy moments. And for whatever reason, I think uh, I think not scoring that fourth goal just opened themselves up to some defensive frailties, and and you got to give Wolves credit because they came at Fulham in the second half, and uh, they they took it to us. So I think you know again, couple mistakes, couple couple of 
of defensive frailties and nervousness I feel from the goalkeeper spread overall in the defense and uh, and and they gave up four goals, which was unfortunate uh, because they have been solid at the back and and this was a, this was a step backwards and and it is a little bit worrying that that they did give up these four goals, but overall, you know, not to drop your heads and and uh, be able to be resolute and get the fourth goal themselves is something to come out of it. But but I hear what you're saying. Jake, for me, it it really comes down to that nervousness of uh, of uh, David Button. I think affected the affected the team in general. Now moving on to you now, James. A very good win uh, against Blackburn. It, another crazy game, three two. A lot of goals. Uh, what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it was um, really good game to sort of watch. Quite nervous um, towards the end after we did get the third goal, but obviously we came into the game without a win in three games. Um, so it kind of came at the right time for us, a derby match, all form goes out the window. Um, and we sort of uh, made it a lot closer than it should have been. I thought we sort of were the better team start to finish. Um, got the two goals from Johnson in the first half, who was um, probably back to his best from what I saw of him yesterday. Just those sort of issues at the back tending to, to come back again, conceding two sort of preventable goals one of them been a penalty that the keeper saved twice and then they eventually got in on the third rebound and the other was sort of a deflected finish that went in at the near post but no complaints um it's a win and then sort of get back on track now looking towards the playoffs yeah you just mentioned the playoffs there you're now four points off that do you think that is your target this season yeah i think we came close last year um had a really good year last year coming off the back of promotion back into the championship and I think this year we should definitely be looking to kick on to hopefully challenge if if not get in have a real sort of serious challenge of the playoffs um we unfortunately over the last few weeks for whatever reason just hit a bad run of form we drew two home games against Burton and Wolves that we really should have won um and those four points that we've dropped there if we'd have got wins in those games that had put us sort of right in the playoff mix I think level on points with Leeds but there's no reason if we keep playing how we played yesterday and how we have the majority of the season that we can't really sort of kick on and mount a serious playoff push this season. And quickly, on, I just want to touch on something that happened last week. You obviously meant to come on and you didn't, and we didn't touch on it on the show. Uh, I just want to ask you what happened between Jermaine Beckford and Owen Doyle, was it? Uh, the, the fight that happened on the pitch? Yeah, it was sort of a weird one, really. Um, on one hand, it was obviously embarrassing for the club, but they uh, they sort of managed to come out of it quite well using the fines that they dealt to both players to reimburse the fans who'd gone to the game. Not really sure what triggered the fight, because neither of them are that sort of kind of player. I can understand if it was sort of two really aggressive players, but they don't seem to be that type. I think Beckford was a bit annoyed about not being played in by Doyle. Um, even though Doyle did pass the ball on and we had a shot at goal, just wasn't sort of too Beckford. But in a way, it shows that they are sort of sort of that passionate about the team and and wanting to do well. It's just a shame it's spilled over um, and was quite embarrassing for us, really. Um, and then both of them being out for a few games now as well won't help, especially with Stevie May just coming back from injury as well. We only really have Jordan Hugill as our sort of sole striker at the moment. 
Just moving on to Newcastle now, it was a huge week for us uh, after three defeats. Even though we didn't play badly in any of the games, it was important to get back to winning ways. And we did so against Birmingham. It was even more important where we were at home because we've struggled at home this season. I think we, three, of our four, uh, three of our five defeats have come at home. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely important to get that home form back on track because teams will come to St. James's Park and it, it, they will think they could get a result. And it's important that we turn that into a fortress as we head into the new year uh, when the promotion picture becomes a lot more uh, serious and, 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 and games mean a lot more. So it's very impressive to get that win and to do so by four goals as well was even more impressive. We dominated possession. I think we had 62% possession, 20 shots. You know, it, it, was, a, it was a dominating performance. And it, it was the type of performance that we need to give against every team at St. James's Park. We need to make it a ground that teams know they're not going to come to it and, and have, it, have any of the ball. And, you know, they, they're not going to have an easy game at all. Because I think in the, last few, in the last few matches at St. James's Park, it, it has been a little bit easier for away teams. We haven't been as quick in our attack as, as we can be. And, and we've given them chances to counter and use set pieces. And against Birmingham, we gave them none of these opportunities. And, and Birmingham are a good team. They're in the playoff spots, or at least they were before um, this weekend. So it is very impressive to, to beat them in such convincing fashion. And I think it is uh, even more so after after our recent form. Uh, Dwight Gale got a hat-trick. He, he's having a great time in the championship. I still have doubts about him, him going forward if we do go get promoted because... He obviously struggled at Palace and, and I would be a little bit worried if he was our main striker in the Premier League. But I'm happy to give him the opportunity. He's obviously scoring goals full of confidence. He gets in the right positions as well. And it's that goal scoring instinct that you need in the championship. He's very much a, a typical championship striker, one that does well in the championship. But I, I need to see more from him before I think he's going to be a big player for us in the Premier League. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a very important win. And I do think that our achievements so far this season have been overlooked somewhat because, yes, we're top of the league. Yes, we spent a lot of money. You know, we've got Rafa Benitez, we've got a lot of good players and we will be expected to be at, at the top of the league at this stage because that, that was what everybody thought before the season started. But, you know, we, we've, we've done extremely well when you look at where Norwich are and where Aston Villa are. Um, Brighton have been excellent and any any other season they'll be running away with this league and the fact that we, we've you know we're currently above a proven championship team says a lot about how good we are um, and how well we've adjusted to the championship and what a good job Rafa Benitez is doing so I, th I think that has been overlooked somewhat and, and, and I just want to give him credit for that and hopefully it continues and I, I think we will get even better uh, after the new year so that, that's something to look forward to for me at least but just moving into the topics for today you're both a few points off the playoff positions at the moment. And I just want to talk to you about what you think you need to change to climb into that top six. Uh, we'll start with you, Russ. It's very interesting. And we were just talking about this on Cottage Talk. What is the difference between Fulham being in the playoff position? And uh, one of my co-hosts, Mike Gregg, has been talking about this consistently. He's been saying, we're missing that 10% that other, other teams have. And can you quantify what that 10% is? Uh, we're talking about what that might be. I say it could possibly be killing off opponents. Like I just talked about with Wolves, sometimes we don't kill off opponents. It could be some some of these defensive frailties that, that we've had, some of these lapses. Uh, that does happen. Uh, it could also be when we play teams at, at, at the back of the league, we basically take care of business. And that's something that they need to do a better job on. The burdens of the world, we need to be able to get all three points against instead of uh, a draw that we had earlier in the season when teams come to Craven Cottage and, and 
possibly park the bus. We have to find a way through that. that that's something that Fulham need to learn how to do to take that next step uh, because the way Fulham are playing right now, teams will come to Craven Cottage afraid to play against us because we can score goals, we can be dominating. So how will Fulham deal when teams park the bus? That's going to be number one. And, and, and uh, I could also say potentially finding another striker that could be a, a different option than Chris Martin. Chris Martin is very good. And I think Chris Martin can still score 15 to 20 goals for Fulham. But they need a different option from him. We've talked about Matt Smith is, is similar but different, you know, but, it, but he's not as consistent as, uh, as Chris Martin. They need someone, I, I want to say, with a little bit of pace that is a striker. And I hope that they get that player in the January transfer window. They need a different option up front um, to make up that difference with that 10%. When teams are taking away things that they want to do, so Vici Okanovic needs another option, and I think that's a different type of striker. So I, I think that's what they really need to take that step, find that 10% to be able to kill off these opponents. I just want to ask you about the January transfer window now. You mentioned that you'd quite like a quick striker, somebody to yeah. offer a different uh, option up front. Do you think that it's likely that Fulham are going to uh, do more business in the January transfer window? I th- I do think that... They're going to bring in a striker. Listen, I, I've heard speculation. Uh, people have actually messaged me about about potential names. So I don't want to go into potential names, but I do think that they are going to be looking at a striker. I, I, I believe uh, in a f- press conference a few weeks ago, I, I want to say Slavisa was even talking about that, potentially. Uh, I, I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I believe he did even mention that position. Uh, could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. And uh, I'm I'm expecting it. I'm expecting that they bring in another option. They are only a few players away from from really being able to contend for for the playoff positions. They they're not far away. We were talking about on Cottage Talk that maybe they need another center back because that you know there was an issue in this game. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe maybe they need a maybe they, they need another center back. I'm not sure about that because I think they have different options at center back to go along with Thomas Collis. But for me. The number one need is another striker, and I and call me crazy. I do expect them to bring in another striker in January. And on possible outgoings, obviously Tom Kearney has has been one of the best players in the championship this season, and he is progressing to a level where it is possible that he could play in the Premier League, whether that's with Fulham or not. That's another question. Do you think that his performances are going to attract interest? And do you think if there is interest, there's any chance of selling him? I do think that. There could be interest. There was interest uh, over the summer for, for Tom Kearney. Uh, I cannot imagine Fulham would sell him. Uh, it would have to be a tremendous amount of money because he's so integral to what they're doing, Jake. Uh, um, I would say with him, Kevin McDonald, and and also Stefan Johansson, the three of them really ha- have worked so well together. And to take him out of the mix would, would be very difficult for Fulham. So I cannot imagine that they're going to sell him. The one drawback on Kearney, Kearney, Kearney's my favorite player on the team right now. I've, I've said this several times about, about Kearney, build the team around Kearney, and, and in some ways they've done that. The one drawback for Kearney, the one thing that might, might make uh, Premier League teams pass on Kearney, I wouldn't, but he doesn't have a right foot. So that's, that's a little bit of a drawback on his game. He's very left-footed. He doesn't. He doesn't really use his right foot, so that might be something that, that you know, for for Fulham might you know, might be a reason why Premier League teams might not go after him. But 
But uh, you could be right. They could be going in on him. And and I would expect Fulham not to let him go because he's so integral to everything that they do right now. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I think if he was to go, it'd be more of a summer move uh, if, if Fulham don't get promoted. I know a lot of Newcastle fans have talked about him as being a possible target for Newcastle. And I'm not sure whether that is would be the case. But it, it is, I guess, a positive thing for Fulham that his performances are being noticed and he is getting Absolutely. the recognition that he deserves. Uh, just moving on to Preston now, James. It's the same question to you, really. What, what do you think Preston need to do to get into those playoff positions? I don't think we're too far away at the moment. I think, obviously, improving on the consistency is the main thing for us. We can go from home games beating Aston Villa sort of by a couple of goals to not being able to break down teams like Burton and Wolves, who Wolves have been sort of leaking goals this season. So it's just really getting that consistency in our play. Um, I think that comes with we've got quite a young squad at the moment. The more sort of they play together and get more game time, I think that consistency will come as they... As they are getting more game time, most of the lads we've got, we've signed off sort of Premier League teams and they've used to been playing sort of reserve football and, and things like that. So getting, getting them game time, players like Ben Pearson now is really starting to come into his own after signing him last season and he was a bit hit and miss. Getting that regular game time and that consistency into his game now and he's been probably our best player this season. Um, other things I'd probably say were a couple of players like Russ said away. Um We've signed Tom Barkhausen off Morecambe, who we've had him for a few weeks now, but obviously won't be able to play until January. And then it's not at the moment been announced, but he's sort of 99% nailed on that we're signing two of the lads from Dundalk, who have done really well in the Europa League this season. Um, one of them's a centre-back called Andy Boyle, and the other's Daryl Horgan, who I think won the um, their player of the year this year. The only problem signing them obviously the season over there is different so if they came signed for us in January they'd be going more or less a full calendar year without getting any time off so they could be one sort of for next season really um but yeah we're not too far away getting that consistency into our game um and sort of being able to put teams like Burton and Wolves away when we're really sort of putting them to the sword and then just getting a few more extra bodies in we've got Stevie May coming back from injury as well He's played a couple of reserve games and sort of bounce games behind closed doors. So it's all looking quite positive at the moment. Like I said, we've got a young team, so they're only going to get better. The only thing with having good young players like Johnson, who scored twice yesterday, is obviously they're going to attract sort of bigger teams and they'll come sniffing around them. So it's about keeping hold of them as well for us as well. Yeah, I'm just looking at Preston's fixtures now. Um, You've got two away games against Nottingham Forest and Bristol City and then home matches against Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday before the new year. I think this is a quite a big period for Preston because both teams you play away from home aren't in great form and the two teams you play at home, I guess, are, are rivals for those playoff positions. So just, I know you've talked about players possibly coming in. Um, the guys from Dundalk as well would be very good signings, especially Horgan. I've really liked what I've seen from him in the Europa League. But it seems like this month could be a big one for Preston. Would you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, obviously, going into that Christmas period, you want to try and get as many points on the board sort of before it really heats up over November and uh, December and New Year. So if we can get decent results in these two away games, watching Nottingham Forest early, I think we should be able to give them a good game and hopefully, if not get a draw, bring the three points back. And again, with Bristol City, who aren't in great form at the moment, but then they've always got quite a dangerous squad, Bristol City. Players like Tammy Abraham doesn't need to be in good form to find the back of the net. So that'll be quite a difficult game. 
And then, yeah, going into the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday and the Leeds games, it'll be a good test for us. They're the teams that we're sort of aspiring to be at the moment. Those teams that can um, compete for playoff places. So it'll be a good test to see how far we've come playing those kind of teams. I just hope that we don't take our after boil in the league because after that Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday doubleheader, we have Arsenal in the FA Cup, which is at Deepdale. So... I'd like us to keep focused on the league and not really sort of worry about the Arsenal game until the week of it. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, just moving on to the next topic now. Um, there was obviously big financial news coming out of Brighton this week. They announced the losses of £25.9 million for the financial year, which is quite a big loss for a championship club. And it, it's no surprise that they're at the top of the table if they are sort of spending this sort of money. What were your thoughts on that news? Do you think it gives them an advantage? And do, what changes would you make to financial fair play to prevent teams like Brighton sort of exploiting it? It's funny about about the situation with, with Brighton. Uh Fulham actually had a transfer embargo last December, uh, or going into December and into January, and uh, and it was difficult. But what's interesting is that the financial fair play rules have changed, and now now they are what they currently are. And uh, it's interesting because I look at at this if you uh, if you're willing to gamble on yourself, and that's what I feel this is for for Brighton Hove Albion. You can do this. You can do this. But you better get promoted. They better get promoted, because uh, if I'm reading it correctly, it's um, it's uh, a loss of 39 million pounds over three years, and I believe the loss is around 25 million pounds. So they're not giving themselves much room, much wiggle room, if they do not get promoted. So they're going to be they're going to be in some serious trouble here. So they're you know like I said, they're gambling on themselves. They're paying through the nose here to get promoted. And if it works, okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be down on a team trying to do whatever they can to get promoted. Uh, but there is, a, there is a cause and effect. If you, if you break these financial fair play rules, which I am glad that they're in effect, then you're going to pay the penalty like Fulham already have. So uh, you got to be careful here. I'm not, you know, again, I'm, you know, I want to. I want an even playing field. I understand why these rules were put into effect. I, I believe it has more to do with to make sure that there is another, not another Portsmouth situation. So I get it and I understand it and uh, and I respect it. Is it a, is it a, a true even playing field? No, because teams, you know, like you know, Newcastle, for example, can spend more money because they 
they have more money and, and and more power to them for doing that. But it does make it a little bit more even. It, it does. It, it, it doesn't make it completely even, but it certainly makes it more even. And uh, if you're willing to do what it takes to get promoted, that's great if you're going to gamble on yourself. But if you gamble and lose, then you're going to pay for it. So so Brighton has has gambled here. I don't, you know, for, for Fulham, they're trying to be more more fiscally responsible, obviously, after what happened with the transfer embargo, but they're trying to do everything that they can. They're just spending it, I guess you could say, as wisely as possible to put themselves in the position to get promoted and not, and, and not you know, have this issue with financial fair play again. They're very wary of it. But the opposite end of the spectrum is that there are teams that are willing to push the limits. And that's what Brighton are doing here right now. I wouldn't change the rules right now. They they just changed them a year or two ago. I wouldn't change them. Um, I just, you know, again, I don't look at, at this as the worst thing in the world. But if they don't get promoted, they're going to pay the price for it. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting sort of story where, as a Newcastle fan, I, I've been reading a lot of criticism of us and, and how we spent the money. Uh, See, I, I disagree season. with that, Jake. I disagree with that. You should be able to spend that money. You have the money. You have, you have that stadium. You should be able to do that. I, I, you know, I dis, I, I understand where that criticism comes from, but I disagree with it because you know, if you're going to have it, I would want my team to do everything that they could to get promoted, w- within reason. And you have that ability with that stadium and with with your fan base. Exactly. Yeah, I it is because we we've been getting this so much criticism of what we've been spending. We we made a profit in the transfer window for right. the players we sold. I, I know we started from an unfair advantage from being a Premier League club, but right. the, I think it is worse. This is a fan should be more angry about how Brighton are doing things than they are about how Newcastle and Aston Villa no, are doing things. I agree with that. I I agree with that. You know, if anyone should be upset, what like you said, um, if you go back to Brighton. I understand why they're doing it, but but if you have someone that you want to be angry at, Brighton would be if if you're a fan of another team, Brighton Brighton would be a, a team that you should be more angry at than Aston Villa than than Newcastle United. That that's a good point. I understand where you're going on that. Yeah, and 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 I it, I mean I think we'll all agree that we think Brighton will go up. I I, I think they probably will. I, I think yeah. they they will deserve it. But it is you know they have sort of they've. As you said, they've taken a gamble on themselves. It looks yeah. like it's going to pay off. And it, it, I mean, it's good for their fan base. It, it, they, they deserve it. But, you know, it, it is, you know, if you're going to have a go at Newcastle and Aston Villa, then this also has to be pointed out. Um, I agree. Yeah, what, what would your thoughts be on it, James? As, as a fan of Preston, you know, Preston haven't been uh, in the top division for a long time. You know, you, you don't yeah. have any parachute payments or anything like a lot of the teams do in this division. What are your thoughts on this? I just completely agree agree with what Russ has said, really. Um, it is sort of taking a massive gamble on yourself, but if it pays off, you know, they're going to get that money back straight away from getting into the Premiership. So in a way, yeah, sort of coming from a Preston fan, we are not blessed with, yeah, parachute payments, lots of money, a wealthy owner. Um, so it's a bit frustrating seeing teams like that um, spending that kind of money. But then if it pays off at the end of the day, you know, there's not really too much sort of other teams can do. Um, we had a one in a petition going back about 10 years or so ago now for, uh, I think we lost about 8 million in a season. So seeing teams being able to sort of post losses of 20, 25 million in, in a sort of a year 
is a bit frustrating knowing that we're quite tight with our money at the moment. Um, we've only ever paid over a million pounds for a player once. So that just sort of shows the difference between the two teams. But yeah, if they if they can spend that money, and it's, it is a big gamble, but if that gamble pays off, obviously more power to them um, being able to get promoted. And they'll be set then. Um, even if they do come back down, obviously they get those parachute payments as well. But there has to be, I don't know how you how you do it, but there's got to sort of be a way of stopping teams taking that massive gamble on themselves, especially if it doesn't pay off, um, which kind of is why the financial fair play rules have been brought in. But it is a bit frustrating then seeing teams still being able to to spend that money and, and post losses that great. Yeah, I, I, we've seen in the past, there's two two clubs I want to point out that have done a similar thing to what Brighton have done. Bournemouth did it when they were in the Championship and they obviously got up and they're now stabilising themselves as a Premier League club and they, they've done it perfectly. You know, you, you can't have any complaints with how they've done it. But then Nottingham Forest are another club I want to point out. They went for a phase when they were spending big for players and they took that gamble on themselves. I think they had financial problems. Britt Asomba longer cost upwards of five million. So they're an example of when it can go wrong. And, and they have regressed a lot of the clubs since they were spending that money. And now they're sort of fighting relegation rather than challenging for promotion. So, so it's interesting to see that the two sort of previous clubs that, that I could think of off the top of my head, that they've done it and, and, and it can go either way. But it looks like for Brighton that it will go the right way. And I do live in Brighton and I would love to say that it's a, it's a city that deserves Premier League football. It's made for Premier League football. And if they do go up, I expect them to, to become a Premier League club for a long time because it is the city suits it and everything like that. But um, just moving on to player watch now, I'd like to ask each of you which player impressed in your club's most recent fixture and did anyone disappoint? We'll start with you, Ross. Okay, well, let me just start by saying I, I like to watch all the matches before I do my podcast and also obviously do do this podcast as well. Unfortunately, Fulham's uh, Fulham's 90-minute episode of the uh, of the Wolves match was not made available when I was doing my show and then when I've done here. So I've not watched it yet. So I, I just want to mention that. I, I, I would rather have watched it, but I can just tell you what my co-hosts were saying, who, who, who was the player that really stood out. It was split. Um, some said um, one one co-host said Floyd Aite, who scored two goals on on two headers. Um, one of my co-hosts said said Kevin McDonald, and Kevin McDonald honestly has been massive for Fulham this season. We we've needed someone like him for several seasons, and he really has been a rock to protect the back four. But not only that, he makes key passes as well. He starts the progression forward. Um, then it goes to Stefan Johansson, then eventually it can go to Tom Kearney and then go out wide. So so um, based on what my co-host said, I would have to say Kevin McDonald uh, and also Floyd Aite. Uh, player that disappointed, there, there are two. That would be Tim Ream. Um, one of my co-hosts mentioned Tim Ream. Tim Ream, uh, a, a center back that actually, uh, according to some, did not play well at all, so, so he'd be one that many fans have pointed to, and others will also say David Button in goal, uh, that, that possibly David Button should have done better on two of those goals that he gave up. So those are, those are the players, according to my co-hosts and some of the Fulham supporters that I have said, stood out positively and negatively. Yeah, and the same question to you, James. Who impressed and disappointed in Preston's 3-2 win at home to Blackburn? Impressed definitely has got to be 
Daniel Johnson. He uh, he went for a rough patch towards the end of last season and the start of this season. Um, obviously, when he came in, he was absolutely phenomenal for us. Um, and all young players are going to go through sort of difficult periods. But these last few weeks, he's really bounced back and he's sort of getting back to his best. He scored two goals yesterday. One was a penalty. The other was sort of a great shot from outside the box, sort of set it away from the post to start with, and it bent back in. So he was absolutely fantastic. Another who impressed me again was Callum Robinson. Um, I spoke a few times about him on this show. Can't speak highly enough of the lad. He, too, like Johnson, has come from Villa, and they're both really relishing playing first-team football now. And I think that's helped both of them settle in as well. They've been best mates growing up, come from the same team. So that's helped both of them really slot in quite well, knowing that they've sort of got someone who they, they already get on with. So they were both fantastic yesterday. As far as players who disappointed, it's hard to choose, really. Um, we gave away a penalty, which Johnson gave away. But I can't really say he disappointed, having got man in a match and scored two goals for us. Um, Chris Maxwell saved the penalty and the rebound just we didn't clear it it was a bit of a mix-up and then they they scored off almost like the third rebound and their second goal again was just a deflected shot which Tom Clark tried to block so hard to really choose anyone who did disappoint to be honest the game was a lot closer than it should have been um, and I thought most of the team played really well to be honest so yeah there's no one that I can really point a finger at and say they didn't play particularly well for Newcastle, it's going to be difficult to pick a player that disappointed purely because it was a 4-0 win. Everybody played well. There was no weakness. And, it was, and, and you know, we, I, it would be harsh to pick anybody else. I'm not going to do that. But I'll talk about two players that played well. Um, starting off with Dwight Gale. Obviously, a hat-trick. You know, you can't fault him for that. He, he knows where the goal is. He'd gone three matches without a goal. So it was great to see him back on the score sheet. And, and with a hat-trick as well, it's just, it, it's just what we come to expect from him. We know he's going to score goals in this league. His movement is difficult to handle for a lot of uh, championship defenders. And he's always going to get service from, from Richie and Diame and Goufran. So he, he played really well and he deserves to be the top scorer of this league. And I expect him to go on and score... 30 plus goals I'd be surprised if he doesn't hit 30 goals and that would be a great return for him and hopefully he could carry that forwards into the Premier League if we do get promoted um another player I'd love to talk about as well is Mo Diame he's, he's a player that hasn't done as well for us as we thought he would do when he signed he came with a big reputation he's obviously played in the Premier League for a lot of his career he did really well at whole last season scored the winning goal in the playoffs so we thought we were going to get a, a player that could sort of tear this league apart and it hasn't been like that Every, he hasn't scored as many goals as we'd like. He, he's not been creating chances. And at times, the team have carried him. But against uh, Birmingham, he was excellent. He made several great driving runs forward for one of the goals, for one of Gale's goals. He made a great run down the right-hand side and, and sort of made that goal himself. So it's great to see him sort of contributing. And hopefully he can take that into the rest of the Christmas period and, and start to score and assist a lot more before he goes away to the African Cup of Nations. Because there have been some doubt of him, but it looks like he's finally beginning to settle. And that is great for us just moving on to match previews now before we wrap up uh obviously it's a double game week this week with matches in the week so it's, it's, it's a crucial period if you get six points over this period you know you're going to really consolidate your position in the league table so we'll start with you russ you got a home match against rotherham united they they won at the weekend so they maybe have a little bit more confidence than they have done for the rest of the year what are your thoughts on that game it's a massive match for Fulham, uh, and you just mentioned Jake. Why uh, these upcoming matches? These last three matches before we're halfway through are huge 
for Fulham. Uh, partly because of what we talked about earlier. What will it take for us to get in the top six? And and believe it or not, it really it really is uh, crucial. This period, these three matches, I feel, are very crucial. And it starts with the Rotherham United match. If Fulham really have aspirations to be in the playoff spots, they need to be not just beating Rotherham United, beating, beating them handily. Uh, it's important. It's important to beat a team like this that's last in the league. Yes, they got a victory against QPR. And uh, and their confidence might be a little higher. But it's it's very important for Fulham to put this team away early and score often and show that that again that they can rebound from from uh, a, a crazy 4-4 draw it's important it really is uh, this match really is crucial at this period of the season then then they have a very tough match at home again we have two home matches back to back against Derby County Saturday it could be a fantastic match against Derby County at Craven Cottage but it really begins with the Rotherham United match they need to win this and they need to win it handily yeah, just moving on to you, James. I guess it's a similar sort of situation for Preston. The game in Wales against Nottingham Forest is a game that you must win if you want to move into those playoff positions in the long term. What are your thoughts on this game, and are you confident of getting that win? Yeah, definitely. So that's these are the kind of games that we need to be really picking up points if we want to stay with that chasing pack for the playoffs, especially after the disappointing results uh, previous to Blackburn. We sort of watching them today should be able to give them quite a good game and hopefully get the win. It just depends which Preston turn up. Obviously, we had the Preston yesterday who free flowed in attack, put free past Blackburn, could easily have scored more. But then there's the team that turned up at Sheffield Wednesday last week, the team where two of their players are fighting and we we just didn't look like ourselves. Quite often this season, with the exception of that Sheffield Wednesday game, we tend to suit playing away from home better. The way we set up with our sort of fullbacks hanging back does tend to suit counter-attacking play away from home. So most away games this season, I've gone into more confident than I have gone into home games. Um, we struggle at times to break teams down at home, but find it a lot easier away where sort of the home teams are the ones who are expected to to have a go at us. But yeah, there's no reason why we can't go there, get the three points, build a bit of confidence, and then hopefully do the same next weekend away at Bristol City, who are struggling as well. And Newcastle will have a away trip to Wigan on Wednesday, which is going to be televised. So it's quite a big game. I'm sure Wigan will be up for that. But they are in the bottom three at the moment. The worst attack in the league. It's difficult to see us not winning this one, especially after beating Birmingham by such a big margin. Uh, and we're a lot better away from home than we have been at home as well. So that, that's another some, uh, thing to consider. So I think we're going to go there. I think it's going to be a rather tight game. I don't think Newcastle are going to want to row of it at all. I think Wigan's def uh, defence is pretty good for a team in the bottom three. And they normally only lose by a goal. And, and, and there has been a lot of nil-nil draws involved in Wigan this season. So I think it's going to be tight. But Newcastle have that extra bit of quality that Wigan don't have. And I can see us maybe taking it one or two nil uh, and really consolidating ourselves at the top of the championship table uh, ahead of Christmas, which is where we need to be going into the new year. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident about that. And with that, we're, we're now out of time. So if you guys would like to tell people where they can reach you or any projects you're involved, uh, involved in, now would be a good time. Sure. Uh, please do check out. My show, All About Foam, it's called Cottage Talk on blogtalkradio.com. You can also listen to it on the TuneIn app. 
I, I posted it on cottagersconfidential.sbnation. So there are plenty of places where you can actually listen to Cottage Talk. Also on iTunes, it's, it's a place to listen to the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman or at the uh, show, the show page, which is Cottage Talk. Yep, and you can get me on Twitter as well, which is at underscore James Vickers. I also write for, as I said earlier, Preston North End fan blog, which is Tom Clark at the backpost.wordpress.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter as well, which is Tom Clark at the backpost. And you can get my personal Twitter account at Jake Jaffel with two N's, where I'll post anything that I write. I write for EPL Index and the Boot Room, so check both of those out. And Thanks so much for listening today, guys, and we hope you join us again soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.